Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 6, titled Landfall. Okay, bunch of stuff going on in this episode, lots to talk about here. Uh, First and foremost, after half a season of build-up, after half a season of waiting, after half a season of trials and tribulations, non-stop. The moment we've been waiting for has arrived. Uh, A prototype of the Cardiff PC has been built and has been launched for the first time. Joe gives a big speech. Boz boots it up. It works. It's perfect. It runs like, like just perfection. Everything is exactly how we all wanted it to be. It's all perfect. Uh, so the hard part's over. The hard part has come and gone. Now, it, it's gone 100%. It, it, it's just, everything's where we want it to be. Everything's going perfectly. Uh, now it's just smooth sailing from here. It'll all be easy. Everything will be peaceful and fine and all tranquil and okay for all our heroes at Cardiff Electric. Uh, for all the time, nothing could possibly go wrong No interpersonal conflicts could possibly occur at this moment. Uh, No monkey wrenches could possibly be thrown into the development of this PC. Uh, It's all... It's all gonna be good from here. For about five minutes. (laughs) And then... Cameron proposes a radical OS expansion... That would radically change the design of pretty much the entire PC. Wah, wah. So, um, after getting hands-on with a modified version of Adventure that Yo-Yo created in his spare time, uh, Cameron's like, oh, oh, we can make this computer have a personality. We can make it, like, have a voice. We can make it so people can actually talk to the computer. And it'll be, like, conversational. It'll be personal. It'll be awesome. She takes this to Gordon, who immediately denies it. He takes it, or she takes it to Joe, who immediately denies it. And then, when that doesn't work, she just decides, screw it. I'll just make my coders work on this. Without anyone's approval. Because why the hell not? So, that happens. And Gordon notices this and is like, hey, what the hell? What? No. I don't care what Cameron told you to do. Uh, Work on this other thing. Work on the thing that we need you to do to get this PC out into the world. I don't care about her fantasies. 
I'm not screwing the product manager to get what I want. And uh, <laughs> Gordon immediately regrets saying this because as soon as Cameron finds out that that rumor got spread, which granted it's true, but still, as soon as Cameron uh, finds out that her coders know about, know about that, she walks up to Gordon right in the middle of the office, kisses him against his will, and says, you were great last night. And then just walks away. <laughs> I forgot that moment happened. But holy crap was it magnificent. It was so good. <laughs> and Gordon's like just sitting in the office. Like just stammering like. I would never. I would never do that. You guys know Donna right? Is it my wife? <laughs> <laughs> now he's left in this awkward position and then just walks away. Uh, throughout all this time, by the way, Joe's actually considering this. Like, ah, oh, maybe we could do this. And Cameron's just sitting in the office. She's having drinks with Boz. And is like, I want to make a computer for normal people. Uh, Boz gives her a warning, like... Everyone's going to want to see you fail because you're the future. And they have this nice little moment. Uh, and then eventually at the end of the episode, Joe comes over and is like, Hey, show me what you've been working on. And Joe gets a little bit of a hands-on with this new operating system that Cameron is in the midst of working on. So, Joe is at the very least considering this being a thing. Which at this point, pretty decent. Like, it's as good as anything else. It's as much of a definitive, this is going to happen, as Joe will give us moment to moment as the viewer. So, that's a thing. So much for everything's perfect, everything's fine, everything will continue to go perfectly well for the entirety of this show. Ah, uh, man. What pesky, dramatic tension. <laughs> How dare they move a story along in a way that's continuously captivating. I just want my characters to be happy, damn it. <laughs> Screw all form of, you know, engagement. <laughs> uh, speaking of Joe McMillan, so uh, the relationship between Go Joe and Cameron... Which kind of feeds into this whole OS expansion thing. Kind of hits a bit of a rough spot. Uh, because Cameron asks, okay look, that Sputnik story you told was bullshit. So why don't you actually tell me the story of how you got these scars? You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> so, Cameron asks this question and Joe goes through multiple Blatant lies before Cameron's like, hey, asshole, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore if you're not going to actually, like, tell the truth to me. If you're going to keep, like, handling me, I'm not going to deal with this. Because remember, Cameron is, uh, not exactly a fan of being talked down to. 
not exactly a fan of being handled, not exactly a fan of being treated like an idiot. So she just walks out, and then, end of the episode, when Joe comes over and tests out that operating system, uh, he actually tells the story, the real story, of how he got those scars. So it turns out, uh, his mother, when he was a kid, would take him on the roof to see the stars. Which, you know, nice, innocent moment. Nice, innocent thing. Like, that's a thing that plenty of parents do with their children. Problem is, she was on a lot of drugs, and one night let go of Joe's hand. And he slipped, and he fell three stories, And landed on a fence in the front yard. And ended up spending most of the next two years in a hospital bed. And now it kind of makes sense why Joe would not want to tell the real story there. Because... Oof. No one wants to hear... My mother was a drug addict and almost killed me. No one wants to hear that from another person, much less face that reality themselves. So it makes sense that Joe would not want to walk down memory lane in that particular instance. It makes sense that Joe would want to make up stories about Sputnik and uh, driving on icy roads and... Uh, doing dares or whatever, like, it makes sense on a human standpoint. And this is, up until this point, one of the rare instances of Joe being, like, vulnerable. One of the few instances of Joe being a vulnerable, humanizing character. Because up until this point... Joe, 99.9999% of the time, has by design presented himself as this larger-than-life figure. Joe is the type of person who loves to air the myth of, I am larger than life, I am above everything. Wants to portray the lie of, I am perfect I am, like, mythologically brilliant. I am the best person. No flaws, no tragic pasts, nothing like that. So, at this very, very early stage in the show, where Joe is still kind of a massive question mark, to see this, like, moment of him being very vulnerable, being very human, like, it is extremely powerful. It is a really, really amazing moment. Uh, And then there's Gordon, who makes the very short-sighted promise to get uh, one of his daughters a Cabbage Patch Kid, because she really wants one. And he goes on a little bit of an adventure, (laughs) because he is not very smart. And he's not exactly stable, either. So, he leaves this to the last minute. 
frantically goes to a toy store, sees a sign on the door that says, no more Cabbage Patch. And then he meets a guy who luckily is like, yeah, I want to return this and they won't let me. Uh, You want to just buy it from me? And Gordon's like, yeah, 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 I'll buy it from you without even thinking. Then he gets the box. He sees the dude drive off very quickly, then opens it up and realizes there is not a Cabbage Patch Kid in there, but a goddamn brick. Gordon just got ripped off. He got ripped off brutally and without mercy. So that's a thing. Uh, then he starts calling up stores like, Hey, do you have a Cabbage Patch? No, F off. Hey, do you have a Cabbage Patch? No, F off. Hey, do you have a Cabbage Patch? No, F off. And then finally he finds a store that's like, Oh, yes, we have a Cabbage Patch Kid. And Gordon's like, Keep it on hold! I, I need it now! And so he rushes over to the store... In the midst of this hurricane, by the way, goes over there. The store's the store ends up being closed, but he sees some Cabbage Patch Kids in the display window, and is like, "Well, I got a brick," and breaks into the store and steals multiple Cabbage Patch Kids. Multiple. And then, in the midst of his theft, he hears, like, this big crash-bang-boom off uh, off in the distance and walks over. He's like, hey, what is this? Uh, and then he finds a downed power line and someone lying unconscious, possibly dead, in the street. The borderline flooded street on which there is downed power lines. So, if this dude Gordon's discovered isn't dead, he's at the very least halfway there. He's either dead or dying. Gordon just stares at this dude for a minute with a look of horror on his face. And then walks away! Man, what a time to have technical difficulties. That was a whole thing. I'm back now, though. So he just walks away from the dead and or dying body in the midst of his cabbage patch fever. So, um... Yeah. That's who Gordon is now. That just happened. Um. Weird. <laughs> Pretty weird, man. Not gonna lie. Uh, while this is happening, uh, because Gordon earlier in the episode invited Joe to dinner, uh, Joe is there playing with Gordon's kids. Man. Uncle Joe, I, I kind of, 
I kind of live for seeing Uncle Joe. <laughs> I kind of live for seeing Uncle Joe playing with his nieces. <laughs> I could just I could just sit through an hour of that. Uh, the little girls are scared of the hurricane. He takes out some flashlights and are like, these are hurricane zappers. Uh, just flails around with them in the rain. Using his theatrics for good for once. Like, just putting on this massive show. It's really cute. It's this really adorable subplot. And then Gordon comes home. Joe leaves. And, uh... We will never discuss the possibly dead body that Gordon left in the rain. We will never, ever discuss this. It never happened. Oh, also, Donna's gonna do a presentation at TI. Uh, her boss wanted her to do that. That's a tiny little moment. Whatever. Uh, so that was an episode. Yeah, everything's perfect. Everything's great. Until it isn't. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archive so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. On Monday, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 7. Talk to you then.